Everyone quiet. We're up to Daf Nun Tesamid Aleph. The Gemara, it's about nine lines into the page. Just to review what the Gemara had said, the Gemara was discussing about how to calculate Nezek. So the Gemara brought down a Brisa. The purpose of bringing down the Brisa was because it was Abaya's way of refuting Rava, that Rava said that there's a distinction between the Behema being Mazik, that when a Behema is Mazik, you don't pay for, according to the Tanakama, you don't pay for what it destroyed, you figure out the Shishim Cheshbin, you figure out the value of a saw based on 60 saw, and then you do the value of the saw with the damage, without the damage, that was the Cheshbin by Behemas. And then Rava felt, but... People, when people are mazik, there's a distinction. Fine. Abaya says to Rava, you're incorrect. Why? What's your cheshben of making a distinction that by people there's no shishim? Meaning by people, if you destroy a tree, you pray for the tree. What's your cheshben? Because when the Braisa describes paying for a mazik, biadayim, of bidei adam, it doesn't mention shishim. The truth is, we quote this, quote this long Braisa. It didn't say shishim by the Braisa either. So you have to add shishim by behemoth. You have to add shishim by, by Adam. But because we mentioned this Braisa, we're going to analyze this Braisa a little bit more today. So the Gemara says like this. We're up to Nun Testament Aleph. Amr Abaya. It's the first word online is Abaya. It's about 10 lines into the page. Amr Abaya. Rav Yosi Haglili, Rav Yishmol Amru Dover Echad. Rav Yosi Haglili from the previously quoted Brisa and Rav Yishmol both say the same thing. Now, what was Rav Yosi Haglili Shita? Rav Yosi Haglili Shita was in the end of Nun Chesamid Beis. The Gemara said that if you eat a chagiz, uh, chaziz, I'm sorry, it's it's um, it's fresh, like freshly sprouted grain, so it's not really valuable. It's not, it's like barely ripe, but it's not something you would buy. So Rav Yosi said, here's what we do: you wait till the end of the graining season, okay? figure out that plot of land that you destroyed, figure out when it's fully ripe, the value, and then you pay for that. Meaning, although you destroyed barely budding grain, you're paying for what it will be. Okay. So the Gemara says, uh, so Abaya says, Rav Rav That sheet of Rav is also Rav Yishmol. Rav Rav we just quoted. That again, you destroyed uh, barely ripe grain, but you're going to pay for what it will be, fully ripe. And meaning we just assume that because you cut it down, you didn't let it get there. We assume that it will be. Rabbi Shmuel also says the same thing. Rabbi Shmuel, where's Rabbi Shmuel? The Tani is in the Brisa. Meitav Sadeu. So we've had this Brisa many times. I would ask where it is, but uh, it's not like there's anybody here who knows. No, it's, it's been a couple times. I can tell you that. Now this Brisa, every time we quoted it, we explained it one way. Now we're going to be explaining it a different way. There's a Machleikas. The Pasuk says, Meitav Sadeu. If the animal causes damage by eating or, or uh, Shane Varegel, it says, Meitav Sadeu, Meitav Karmi Shalev. Says Rabbi Shmuel, Meitav Sadeu Shal Nizik, and Meitav Karmi Shal Nizik. You pay with the value, the best, the choices of the Nizik, the choices of the, of the victim. That's Rabbi Shmuel. Rabbi Kiva says, He says, No, 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 no. It's, it's only the purpose of the Pasuk is for you to pay for Idis. And Kavachayim Vehegdash. Now, what exactly is the Machleikah? So we've had this a couple times already. The conclusion of the Gemara is always, uh, at least to my knowledge, again, I legitimately, I'm not trying to kibbutz Adovi, I didn't check this out, but from my knowledge, the Machleikah was a case where the idis of the of the nizik is equal to the bainanis of the mazik. So the question is, can he give his bainanis, or does he have to give his idis? Is it, that, that's, that, that, the Gemara has a completely different approach to the Machleikah now. The Gemara says... It's not that. Tysus says it could be 
the Gemara means it's that and what we're going to explain. But the Gemara completely does not mention that being the possibility. So what is the Machlekes, Ravi Shmal and Ravi Kiva? So the Gemara says, Do not explain like Ravi Dibaravan. Ravi Dibaravan was a third explanation which the Gemara rejects. What was the explanation of Ravi Dibaravan? That again, the question is, what does Ravi Shmal mean? Ravi Kiva just says, you have to pay this. Okay, so that means you pay with your best land. Easy. Rabbi Shmuel says, no, mate of karmishal nizik. So what is Rabbi Shmuel saying and what's the machlekes? So Rabbi Yidi Barovin explained the Gemara as follows. Dumb Rabbi Yidi Barovin. Rabbi Yidi Barovin says, kigoyin sha'ochla aruga bein arugas. The case is where my animal destroyed one of your plots of land. I don't know if he destroyed beinanis, idis, I don't know what he destroyed. And the chiddush is, I have to pay idis. The problem is, that, that's a big chiddush of Rabbi Shmuel. The problem is that's connected the rule of Hametzi Mechavera of Araya. The rule is that if you destroy something and you're not sure what you destroyed, I'm not paying for the best. Prove to me you, I destroyed the best before I pay for it. But that's how Rabbi Baravin explains the Machlegas. The Gemara rejects it. That is not how we're going to explain the Machlegas because Damar Kim Shalem Shemena, the Rabbi Baravin explains that Rabbi Shmuel sheet is that in such a situation you pay Idis. And to that, the Gemara says, I don't like that chat. Why? We don't like that pshat. Why? My time. So that is not the pshat. So what is Rabbi Shmuel Shita that says Meitav Karmishel Nizik? It means Meitav Dilakame. You pay for what it will be. Meaning the case is where it, the animal ate freshly ripe grain. So the question is, do you pay for right what it was value at the time of the destruction or what it will be? Rabbi Shmuel says Meitav Karmishel Nizik. Meaning Rabbi Shmuel is not arguing a big big machlekes. He's just saying that you pay for what it will be. That's the sheet of Ravi Shmuel. So Ravi Shmuel is now the same thing as Ravi Yosi Haglili. Okay. Make that the, no, it, it's, it is Lo'olam. It's not, it's not like you destroyed... No, no, but, but it, it, it is sprouted, though. It's not, it's not like it's a tree that might grain fruit. It, it sprouted. It just didn't get to that fully ripe, you know... Sellable thing. It's a chiddush, but but Rabbi, that's Rabbi Shmuel Shita. So, the, so right now we're saying Rabbi Shmuel and Rabbi Yosi are saying the same thing. Okay, beautiful. Now the Gemara has one quick problem. The Gemara's problem is going to be like this. If you look at the top of the Amid, um, we we brought down the Machlekes in the Mishnah. There was a Shita of Rav Shimon. Rav Shimon Shita is that when you destroy, let's say, strawberries, you don't pay for the difference in the value. You pay for strawberries. Destroy a pound of strawberries. You pay for a pound of strawberries. Easy. That shita of Rav Shimon is not just Rav Shimon, because we said in the top of the Amid, Ochla Smadar. Now, Smadar are very, very underripe grapes. Rav Yeshua says, Rav Yeshua says, the Chiddush is, you pay for what it will be, which is a big Chiddush, because it's not even, it's not full, you don't do the land thing, you pay for what you destroyed. The Chum say, no, Rav Yeshua say, no, do the land thing. Then, Rav Shimon, Yehuda, Rav Shimon, Rav Shimon, this shita is as follows. This shita is that Rav Shimon ben Yehuda, in the name of Rav Shimon, it's the same Rav Shimon of Rav Mishnah, but a slightly different understanding of it, that Rav Shimon, according to Rav Shimon ben Yehuda, holds like this. I agree with you that you do the land thing if it's not ripe. If it's ripe, then you pay for it as is. That's Rav Shimon ben Yehuda's shita in the name of Rav Shimon. Okay, that's fair. Here's the issue. So Rav Shimon ben Yehuda is saying in the name of Rav Shimon that if it's fully, if it's ripe, ripe enough, you pay. If it's not ripe, you do the land thing. Here's the problem. Grapes apparently have three different stages. There's the first stage, which is lulve gefanim and yuchuritainim, which is mamish, like not even sprouting. It's just the vines. That he says, you do the land thing, because there's no, there's, I'm not paying for grapes yet. 
Then there's the opposite extreme, which is pagimoboiser, which are significant grapes. That he says you pay for as is. What about smada, which are in between? Smada are where the grapes are like the size of little beans. That he's sort of skipping. And the problem is he's sort of contradicting himself. He's saying like this. When you ate the lulvegafanim, which is like the opposite extreme, then you do the land thing, which implies that if it was smadar, you would pay for as is. But then he says, if it's baiser, which is the further thing, that's when you pay for as is, which implies that smadar, you would do the land thing. So the question is, what would Rav Shimon say about smadar, which is that stage of grapes? Because he's sort of skipping it. He's going from A to C, and he's sort of skipping B. And he's saying that if it's A, if it's completely underdeveloped, you do the land, which implies that smadar, you would do the actual payment for the fruit itself. But then he says baiser, which is more developed than smadar, then he says you pay for it, which implies that smadar, you don't. So what does Rav Shimon say about smadar? So the Gemara says, shoots of grapevines. Hasmadah, that implies, meaning that's when you do the land thing. Hasmadah, which implies that if you ate budding grapes, smadah are tiny, tiny little, little like bean-sized grapes, then you pay for them, not as is, you pay for them what they will be. Meaning you, you pay for them in the store as if they were fully developed. You don't do the land thing, you pay for them fully developed. Ema seifa, but then look at the end of his statement. If you ate half-ripe grapes, which is way past smadar, then that's when we look at it as if it's fully developed and you go to the store. So if you eat a pound of smadar, a pound of boiser, which are half-ripe grapes, you go to the store and you say, pound of grapes, and you pay for it. So what about smadar? So smadar, he's sort of contradicting himself because he skipped that middle stage. So what would he say about smadar? So the Gemara says, here's what you do. Put smadar in, in there. There's A, B, and C, right? There's little gifanim, completely unripe, pay for the land value. Then there's boiser, which you definitely pay for what it will be, as is, you know? And then there's smadar. And then, so what do you do with smadar? Put it in there. So what do you do? This is how you're supposed to reread the b'risa. Ba'med varamurim, bizman When do you pay for the land d- difference in value for what you destroyed? Not for what the fruit itself, which is lul vigafanim and yichuriteinim. Avul ocho smadar pagin But if you ate smadar or anything past smadar, then you pay for what it will be as is. So that means, okay, fair enough. Now here's the problem. What we've just done is we made a shimon shita that if you eat a pound of smadar, which are grapes the size of a bean, you go to the store and you say, I have to pay for a pound of grapes. Which is fine. That's Rav Yeshua Shita. So now Rav Shimon, because right, the first line of the Amid is, Achlis Mada, Rav Yeshua, that's Rav Yeshua Shita. So now Rav Yeshua and Rav Shimon are saying the same thing. That's a problem. There's got to be some distinction between the two. Why would they be saying the same thing? Right, the first case of, the, of, of, of this Ahmed is Smadar, which Rabbi Yeshua is saying is you pay for as what they, what the, what they will be. And then three lines later, later you have Rabbi Shimon Shita, and, it's, and then it's, it's Smadar and Boiser, you also pay for it. Rabbi Yeshua is now saying the exact same thing as, as, uh, as Rabbi Shimon. They're both saying the same thing, which is that if you eat Smadar, which is that level of development, you pay for it as if that's considered grapes already, and then you pay for it, you don't do the land thing, you pay for them as this. So now Rabbi Yeshua and Rabbi Shimon are saying the same thing about Smadar. So the Gemara says... So what's the difference? So the Gemara is interesting. And that is like this. The, 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 
the animal ate a pound of uh, smadar, which are little bean grapes. So they both say the same thing, which is you go to the store and you figure out the value of a pound of grapes. Here's the difference, though. As apparently, as the, gr- as the vine uh, supports the grapes as they grow, there's a weakening of the vine. And the price actually, the value of that vine actually depreciates a little bit. The question is, do you take that into account? Meaning, do you look at it as if this, you have this vine, which has a pound of smother on it, and you, you destroy that, so you have to figure out the, the value. So how do you figure out the value? Do you just figure out the value of a pound of fully ripened grapes if they were on the vine? Or do you say, no, the pound of fully ripened grapes after harvesting? Because after you harvest it, there are certain costs that do go in. So it's sort of like, are you, are you fast-forwarding time in the natural order? Or are you looking as if they have grapes right here? And you don't take into account the fact that the vine will slightly depreciate. Do you take into those type of costs? That's the question. If you look at Rashi, Rashi describes Kochash Gufna. Rashi says, Kochash Gufna, Lenakis Minatashlumen, do you deduct from the payment? The, the grapes will, will, will sap away a little bit of the strength of the, of the vine. So that's the question. Do you look at it? Do you take it as if it's like fast forward in time, as if there's just fully grapes here, but you don't take into it as if you're a farmer? Or do you say no? You, you sort of wait till the future, then look at the value, and then go back in the time and put the value in the past. The question is, do you take into account that distinction of the weakening of the vine? So, right now it's not weakened. Right? Correct. Right now it's not weakened because there are no grapes here. Do you just say, well, do I look as if there are grapes on the vine without the weakening, as if the grapes are right here, but, you know, in like this magical... Or do you say, no, we look at it as if, what, what will it be in three months? But what will it be in three months is different than if you just took the grapes and like magically placed it on the vine now. Again, it's going to be a very subtle distinction. But basically, do you look at what will be and then say, well, in the natural order of events... I deprived you of what will be, well then go what will be. And in the natural or events, there are going to be costs. So I'm not paying for those costs. That, that's the Shiloh. And the Gemara says, well, who says what? That's the difference between Rav Shimon and Rav Yeshua. But Loi Misayim, we don't know who says what though. So Rav Shimon ben Yehuda and Rav Yeshua, that's what their machlekes is. We don't know who said what though. One said one and one said the other. I, I don't know which one. The Gemara says, Abai Amr, Misayim, Misayim. I, says, I, I think I could figure out the answer. How so? Basically, having a shy love, do we look at, do we take into what will be in the natural order of events that you maybe you deprived, right? You cut down these, these grapes before they got there. So one opinion says, well, we wait for what we look at, what it will be. And what it will be is there will be certain costs. So you, I'm not paying for that because that was going to happen anyway. There is such a shita. It's completely unrelated to this discussion. It's related to a very outed discussion, which I would not have thought to connect the two. But the Gemara says like this. Rav Shimon Yehuda, he's a Tanya. Rav Shimon Yehuda is the one who says, I take future, future circumstances into account that will be in the natural order. That's the best way I could describe it. The Tanya. Rav Shimon Yehuda, I'm Rav Shimon Ben We know that if a man rapes a basula, there are certain payments that you have to do. Tzara, Ripo, Yishavis, and all these things. And there's a Knas. The question is, do you pay for the pain of, of the first relations? It is painful. Do you take that pain into account? So let me just say it outside, we'll see it inside. It's very related to this discussion in a very weird way because that's a pain that she would experience anyway when she would get married. 
Now the Gemara, by the way, the Chacham are going to say that this is more of a violent way, and therefore, but conceptually, put 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 that aside. Let's say it was the same level of violence. Okay, it, it doesn't seem to be, but let's say it was. So Rav Shem Ben Yehuda says, "I'm not the, the guy doesn't have to pay for that. Why? That's going to happen anyway." So it's sort of over here also. It's like I'm not paying for the depreciation of the of the of the of the vine because that was going to happen anyway. It's sort of do you look at the natural order of events? You deprived of the natural order of events, but do you look at it when you're figuring out the payments? You look at what will be and say, well, okay, it was going to happen anyway. I, I didn't deprive you of that. So the Gemara says, a man who violates a woman doesn't have to pay for that pain of the first relations. Why? It was going to happen anyway. So why, why would I pay for that? That was the pain that was going to be experienced anyway. Meaning, it was going to happen anyway, and therefore, while I'm paying for now, I'm not, I, I sort of look at what will be the natural order of events, and I could take that into account. So he would feel comfortable, so this is the same Rav Shem Yehuda, he would also t- feel comfortable taking into account the depreciation of the vine. Because again, he's saying that, he's saying, it's going to happen anyway, so I'll, I'll pay for the grapes that I destroyed, but t- take what, what will be naturally in the order of events. I'll take that into account. Takes it into account by oinus, take it into account by grapes. Now, by the way, by oinus, the Chachamim agree conceptually to his svara regarding oinus, but they disagree with practicality. They say, They say, if it was the same level of pain, I'd agree with you, but it's more painful. Because it's rape. So therefore, they disagree with him practically. But conceptually, if it was the same level of pain, they would say, okay, fine, I, I get it. But it's not. So, fine. But the point is, that's that shita. Okay. Amr then adds, This shita of Rosh Yehuda, which is that you take um, future, future natural things into account when you're dealing with payment for what you did now, that shita of Rosh Yehuda, there's another Tana who also agrees to him. What's the other Tana? Rav Shem Ben Yehuda Amram. We just finished Rav Shem Ben Yehuda Shita. That's regarding the rape thing. But Hai Tana Mahi. What's the other Tana? The Tanya. Let's say we know that if a, a man they get into a fight and he punches a woman and the stomach causes her to miscarry, so he has to pay the father of the baby the value of the baby. The question is, <coughs> does he deduct? Can he deduct the fact that she would go to the hospital? Right, medical bills. Right. Am I paying for the full value of the baby? Or can I deduct if she would to give baby if she were to give birth full term, she would have to pay medical bills. So I'm not paying for that. I'll deduct for that. Meaning, let's say the value of the baby is five hundred dollars. So you have to pay five hundred. It's not really five hundred because there's also medical expenses. So now it's three fifty. And the Gemara says also pregnant women eat more. So take that into account. The question is, it's sort of a similar Shiloh. Do you look into future events in the natural order? Say, well, naturally women are going to eat more as they become pregnant. I saved you that money. You're welcome. <laughs> no, 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 the point is, and, and, and there are medical expenses, so like, do you take them into account? Rav Shem Ben Yehuda would feel comfortable taking them into account. If you don't feel comfortable, if you look at it sort of like, we look at it as if those future grapes are right now, we don't look at the future, you know, natural order, then you won't look into account the natural order of, of medical bills, of of other expense, you just look at value of the baby. So the Gemara says, Detanya, Rav Yaisi Aimer, Naki Chaya. Rav Yaisi says you can deduct the fee of the midwife because that was a fee that they were going to have if they gave birth. So therefore, the value of the pregnancy that you took away from them is not as high because there was an expense that you also saved them from. Ben Azai Aimer, Naki Mizainis. You could even deduct the extra food. Out of the two, the Gemara is going to point out the bigger chiddush is Rav Yossi. Why? Because not every woman needs a midwife. 
you're assuming she is, is a midwife. Maybe he could argue, my wife knows how to do this on her own. She gives birth, she gives birth without a midwife. So that, that's a big of a chiddush. The Gemara says, If you deduct the medical expenses, you're definitely going to deduct the food expenses because everybody needs food expenses. Not everyone needs the medical expenses. There are people that give birth like in a cat. But for those people, it's, the Gemara says, My wife is an expert in giving birth. She won't need a chai. Okay, fine. The Gemara says, just to finish up this discussion, we had yesterday, if a person is mazik biadayim, um, do you figure out with the tree, do you figure out the value of the tree itself, or do you go with the animal cheshben, which is the 60 minus, and then the value of the land with the tree, without the tree. They did practically like Rav Nachman, that they figure out the value of the tree by the shishim cheshben, not for the value of the tree itself, but rather figuring out the value of 60 parcels of land, deduct it minus by, divided by 60, so you get the value of a parcel of land, then you figure out the value of the land with the tree and without the tree. Obviously much smaller. Lishnachrina, some of a different version. Rav Papa, Shamudikla they evaluated the palm tree with a small parcel of land, so they did the land, um, they did the 60 land, as Rashi says, meaning a small parcel of land that held 60, and then you minus with the 60, without, okay, that's fine. And the halacha follows them uh, regarding an Armenian palm tree. But the, the halacha follows the Rish Galusa when it comes to a, a Persian palm tree. Apparently Persian palm trees are very, very valuable. And therefore Chazal did not want to be lenient and do the 60. You have to pay for the actual tree itself. Okay. Amaisa, the rest of the daf is very easy. Go to the next page. Eliezer Zeira. Eliezer Zeira, the young Eliezer. He was wearing black shoes, which was a sign of mourning. And he would walk around in black shoes as a mourning for the base of Mikdash. That was his hanhog. He was standing in the Nardoa Shuk. So officers from the Reish house. You have to remember, throughout Shas, the Reish Galusa's house, some Reish Galusa's were very from, and Erlich, and some Reish were not very good. It's interesting. This story kind of makes them seem like they're not very good people. Although, I will say that the Marsha and the Maram and the Maritzchiyas like, done up of, like, where the Reish Galusa was coming from halachically, so it kind of sounds like they, they have some backing. They did not like that he was mourning the Beis HaMikdash, because who are you to mourn the Beis HaMikdash? It's Gaiva, to dress like you're in mourning, it's about Gaiva, and they put him in prison for this. So you read this story, and you're like, well, the Reish Galusa is Rishoyim. And, and, and by the way, the reason why the Reish Galusa probably bothered by this is because if, if you're mourning, like, if you're Takar Russia and, and you're in charge... And, and you're mourning over the loss of what was. You're like, well, it's not good now. And, and but but the Marsha and the Maram Sheikh and the and the they like they dana from the Gemara and Brachis that says that you're allowed to you're allowed to, you know, uh, 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 not working on Tishabov, right? That you didn't work on Tishabov. Uh, so the, the Gemara talks about how everyone can make themselves a Tamakhachim not to do Malach on Tishabov. So you're allowed to they say this is different because you're wearing clothes outwardly. Mukim I don't know. The point is that's the Maisa. Why are you wearing these black shoes? I'm mourning the They said you so you so chashiv the morning Yushalayim. You think such a bektzadik? Savayuru. They thought it was gaiva. Isiv chashuv. So you put him in prison. At some point he says gavra He says I'm I'm a great person. Meaning I'm not I'm not I'm I'm I'm, I'm legitimate for what I'm doing. This makes sense. It's it's, it's on on brand. So Amrlay, Minoyadina, how do we know that you're such a Tamakhacham? Amrlahu, Atan Ba Minah Milsa, I know you Ba Minah Milsa. Ask me a question, I'll ask you a question. I don't know, ask me, and we'll we'll deal with it. Amrlay they said, 
Boyat, you ask something. Okay. Hayman de cuts kufra. A person cuts down small little budding grapes. Right, that was the whole discussion we had before. Do you go by what it will be? Do you go by the land? So it's machleikas tanoim. So he said, you, you cut the you cut budding grapes down. My mishal, what do you pay for? So I'm relay mishal make kufra. Well, you cut budding grapes, a pound of budding grapes. Go to the store and pay for a pound of budding grapes. So have a tamri. But he responded, they're going to be ripe though. Why are you paying for? You should pay for what it will be. You cut down the opportunity for that person to get fully ripe grapes. Why am I paying for budding grapes, which is very minimal? You should pay for fully ripe grapes. So Amrulu, um, so so he said so so um, so Amrulu. Um, they said Mishan Tamri. Okay, pay for fully ripe grapes. But Amrulu um, responded, Halai Tamri I didn't cut down the fully ripe grapes. He's playing with them. Everything that he's saying. Pay for, they say pay for budding grapes. He says, yeah, but it's going to be fully ripe. They say, okay, pay for a fully ripe, but I didn't cut down fully ripe. And he's playing back with them. So so they said to him, so, so tell us what's the answer. He said, you don't pay for the grapes at all. You figure out the value of the land, and you do the land cheshman, meaning we don't pass in like Rav Shimon and Rav Yeshua that you pay for the actual grapes. You, you, you do the land. So they said, who said, what's your source? He said, Shmuel's alive. And his bezdin is, is in existence. Ask them. They sent the shmuel. He said that's the psak. And they let him go. Now, Rav Shimon Oimer, Rav Shimon says, So Rav Shimon Shita is, as we just saw from Rav Shimon Ben Yehuda, the name of Rav Shimon, Rav Shimon believes that, if, that we do the land thing if it's unripe. But once it's ripe, you pay for so if you if you do unripe like uh, before smother right that was the whole smother discussion so if you luvigafanim it's unripe you you destroy uh, uh, ten pounds of it you're not paying for ten pounds of fully ripe that's when you do the land thing but if you if you cut down ten if you destroy ten pounds of strawberries you pay for ten pounds of strawberries it makes a distinction what's his source my timer now if you remember yesterday we said what's the makar of this whole land shtickle. Because there's a beer b'steyacher that you evaluate based on a sada, based on the size of a field. Says the Gemara, Hadam Rachman of beer b'steyacher melamet shesham nalgavei sada. Says Rishim, and that makar hani mili midid sarich sada. That's only true for 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 things that are growing that still need the land. Meaning, if it's underripe and it still needs the land, then beer b'steyacher. Then you use the land as the evaluation. But if it no longer needs the ground, even though it's still attached to the ground, it's it's ripe. Then you just pay for what it is. See, he says, I agree with the cheshman of beer, but stay acher when it needs the sada. When it needs the sada, then you figure out the cheshman of the sada. If it, don't know, it doesn't need the sada anymore, meaning it's already ripe, again, definition of ripe, whatever, smada, whatever it is, but if it's already considered produce in halach, it's already considered growing, you don't need it anymore. The Gemara says, That's only if it, if it, it still, needs the, still needs the field. It's not ready to be harvested. Bahani, these ripe fruits... You have to pay for them. Now, yeah, okay, fine. So a new new topic. Don Rav Rav once did an action like Rav Meir. We know that in halacha, like there's different lashonos throughout Shas. You know, Oiri and halacha. Don Rav Meir. He once paskined actively like Rav Meir in the following discussion. But he paskin in Shir, he would tell people to follow Rav Shimon. So what's the discussion of Shimon Rameir? Now, well, I mean, Rav Shimon is the Rav Shimon of our discussion. But what's the Rav Meir? So, Don Rav Meir is as follows. Tanya, Kosav, Lurisha, and Do we have this right? 
apparently we have this in Ksuvas. Uh, apparently we learn Ksuvas. The Gemara says, Don, Don Kerav Meir, <laughs> I'm joking, Don, Don Rav Kerav Meir, the following discussion. This talks about, um, this talks about a, a woman brings in fields to the estate, so the husband has rights to the usage of it. So if he sells it, he only can really sell it if she signs off on it, because it's, it's her fields. So the Gemara says the following case. He wrote of he had two fields. Again, these fields are set aside for her ksuba payment. So he he So he he signed the first one, the but she didn't sign off on it. She didn't stamp it. Then the second one she signed off on. So the question is, do, do we say well she forfeited the fields she sold it. Or do you say no? Maybe she could say a taina. I was just I was afraid of my husband. My husband's a little violent, and he threatened me, and I, I you know, I was coerced. So the Gemara says, If he she sold if he sold the first field and he didn't she didn't sign off on it, but she signed off on the second. Other she lost the ksuva. Why? So Rashi says. Um, she can't just say I'm trying to make my husband happy. Because then why did she sign off the first one? The fact that she signed off the second one and not the first one means she agreed. If she was just trying to make her husband happy, she would sign off on the first one also. Why can't she just agree on the second one, not the first one? Maybe she liked the first one. That's fine, but then she doesn't have anything. The first one was sold. The first one, she, the first one was sold, but she wouldn't be able to collect from the first one because there was still the second one intact. Right, you always go from the from the only one that's intact. When she signed off on the second, she can't claim I just did it to make my husband happy. Then why aren't you signed both? The fact that you signed the second, not the first, means you vice the chais. You were you, you were happy with the the sale. That's our mayor shita. Right, So that's our mayor shita, and that's by the way that's Rav Paskin like our mayor actively. The chum say no. Rav Yudai Mercy Yechayil Shitami Nachasus is a vayli atamelach amalai. And Rav Yudai says no. Maybe she was she was. She wasn't. She didn't sign off the first because she didn't think it was necessary. And the second, she was coerced into signing. So it's, it's possible. Okay, um, fine. Let's go right there. That's her mayor Shita. Um, yeah. Okay. Fine. The Gemara continues, and he paskin like Hilchas Akerem Shimon. That's our discussion. Ki hadet tanan. Reb Shimon Oimer. Achla peres gemurim. Hashem is peres gemur. Im sa asam sa saim sa saim. That if you ate fully ripe grapes, you don't do the field cheshbon. You pay for what you. Do. The rest of the Amid is just a review of what we've had in the past. The Mishnah says, Hamagdish b'tayich sadech haver shloi b'shus. If I bring in grain into someone else's field without permission, so I bring it into Adam's field without his permission, v'achlosan behemdushal ba'al sadech, and his animal eats it, so. He's potter. He doesn't have to pay for it. Why? Because why'd you bring it into my field? Im And if the animal, Adam's animal, got hurt by my grain, it tripped over the grain, I have to pay for it. Because again, I, I did not have permission to bring it in there. Im But if I had permission to bring it in, then the balasad is chayiv if he eats it because he is taking responsibility. He is being like a shomer. Now, if you remember, we had... Uh, Whenever this Mishnah was a couple days ago, um, oh, okay, Memzayin, I knew that. Memzayin, um, the Gemara had a discussion. There was a Machlekes Rebbe and the Chachamim. Rebbe Shita is that you do not. This Mishnah is assuming that when 
Adam says, you could bring grain into my field. He's not just giving me permission, he's, ex- he's ex- accepting responsibility. He's being a shaymer, and therefore if anything happens, he has to pay for it. That's the sheet of Chachamim. Rebbe shita is, you're a shaymer when you accept Shemira. Permission is not accepting responsibility. So our Mishnah, which says that permission is accepting responsibility, is not re- is not Rebbe. So the Gemara says, Leimam Tanadze Lake Rebbe. Our Mishnah is not like Rebbe. The Gemara says, no, Dika Rebbe. Hamrachi Kabbalah Baal Baal Rebbe Shita is, granting permission to put something in your field is not granting, is not accepting Shmira. But this Mishnah says it is. So the Gemara says, I'll tell you why this is different. This Mishnah could even be Rebbe. Amra Papa, Halcha Benotar. We're not just talking about me bringing grain into someone else's backyard. Over here we're talking about a watchman of a granary. Meaning, that's what he does for a living. So by him granting permission for me to put grain in his backyard, because that's what he does. He sells out, he, he rents out his backyard as a granary. To, he watches people's grain. So by him granting permission, if it was a random guy, just Adam Stam wants to do me a favor and let me put grain in his backyard, that's not accepting Shmir. But his... The whole job is he watches grain for a living. So by him putting it in, it's ex- understood that he accepts Shmir. Even Rebbe would agree to this. The Gemara says, the Kivan Dharma, I have a Gadish, I have an and therefore this is different. One last Mishnah. The Gemara says, we've also had this before. I give a flame or a coal, as we'll see in the Gemara, I give a fire to a Cherishite of and they make damage. I am not responsible. I, the one who gave them the fire, I am not going to have to pay in court because it's considered more of a grama, but I am chayiv in shemaim. Hashem is not happy with this because you should not have done that. Now, if I sent the fire in the hands of a person who's mentally competent, then then, then, then the person who made the fire is for sure chayiv. Over here, the problem is the person who made the fire is because they can't get them in court. You can't get me either because I didn't do anything. I didn't do anything. I'm too removed. But Hashem knows, Hashem knows what you were trying to do. The Gemara says, a new topic. One person brings the fire. And then one person, meaning one person makes a fire. One person brings firewood to make the fire bigger. And then the fire does damage. Who's responsible? The second one is Chayev. Because by him bringing more wood, it resulted in the fire getting bigger. Then the topic, but if the opposite, one person put the firewood first. And then the second one brings the match. Uh, maybe it's the archive. It's the second one. So it seems to be, um, it's the second one in both cases. But I guess the second one is the one who really takes it from a small thing to much bigger. Ba'achar um, veliva. If another person came and fanned the flame, hamalavachayev. The one who fanned it is responsible because again, it's whoever basically takes the fire from a small little controlled fire to it uncontrollable damaging uh, ability that's one who's responsible lived haruach but if the wind fanned it it was fanned by the wind then kulam peturm I'll just end off with this we've had this machlegas many many times between Revech and Rish and that is when the Mishnah says that if you give it to a Cherishet Vikatan and a Vipater, is it only talking about a case where you gave them a coal and then the Cherishet Vikatan themselves blew on the coal? So then you legitimately could say, listen, he didn't even do anything because he, he gave them something that was slowly dying that was actually not a Mazik. Or do you say, even when you handed them a fire, you're still Potters? When are you exempt from Bidini Adam? Elishamas like Achelas Valiba is when you gave a Khirishad Vikatan a coal. And the Khirishad Vikatan themselves blew on the coal, so you could say it's the Khirishad Vikatan's Maisa, not mine. I gave them something that was slowly dying. It's not like a shar which is mamish like ready to be mazik. I gave them something that on its own is going out. Avil Musli shall have it, but says Rish Lakish, if you actually give a Khirishad Vikatan a flame, Chayiv, then you are Chayiv, because it's considered Mamina. It's like an ox. 
The same way if your ox does damage, you're responsible. You're responsible if you gave them a, a flame as well. My taima, mice of kagarmalai, it's considered your mice and that caused the fire. Rav Yechon disagrees. Rav Yechon says, no, I feel a muscle shall have this potter. Even if you gave him a shall have this potter, why? My taima, tzavs the cherish garmalai. You still need the cherish shedivikadon to put, to put the fire against the, I didn't, I didn't do it. So when are you responsible? You're only responsible if you hand the cherish shedivikadon the firewood. At salta, the chips, sharga, the flame, you give them not just a fire, but you give them a how-to of how to make a much bigger flame. Then it's considered your maizim, and there you're considered more responsible. I'll stop here.